0: everybody, this is Kayla and Carly, and we are so excited to start this podcast for you. We've been wanting to do it for some time now, and we're going to use this first episode as an introduction for both of us, like where we started as Lash Artists, and you know how we met and came together, and all of the amazing things that we're doing right now. But... I I just want to talk with you, Carly, about like, why are we starting this podcast in the first place? Because also, if you're listening to this, as of recording right now, we still don't have a name for the podcast, which is so funny. And so, mm-hmm. <laughs> so much like us, we're just like, let's dive in. But
1: <laughs> whatever happens, happens, right? Right. Like... We don't have a foundation for it, but here we go. If we don't start, we'll never do it. Exactly. So it's better to start and like choose the name later
0: than just like not starting at all. Cause I feel like it probably would have taken us a month to
1: pick out a name, but we're just going to go for it. Yeah. Maybe someone can help us and give us (gasps) some ideas. Yes. That's so,
0: (laughs) that's so true. But uh, yeah, so that's where you as the audience comes comes into is we are always open to feedback and, you know, topics of discussion, or if there's anything that you guys are looking for, we want to hear from you. And of course, like we've got so much on the backlog that... We can talk about, we kind of want to use this as a platform to recap things of maybe things that we're working on, but also what's going on in the lash industry currently, what is affecting us, you know, maybe what's going on on Instagram, just anything lash oriented. Like we want to talk about it and help out, uh, you know, our customers and help out other lash artists that are, that are struggling with their artistry or whatever it may be. What is getting you excited about the podcast, like for you personally?
1: I think just me and you are so like real and raw when we talk all the time. I'm really excited just to like get that out there, like how we feel, what we're doing, what we're saying, like just being able to talk about it because all the time on my Instagram, like I want to go on my stories and like talk and say things, but then I get in my head and I'm like, oh, that's dumb. And I just throw it away. So I'm just excited to talk about some good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: What I was telling Carly about earlier was that she and I have the best conversations privately about everything lashes and we can talk for hours. And then as soon as we're done, I'm like, shit, we should have recorded that. We should have a podcast. What the hell are we doing? Like we're just throwing away this this great info. I I think it's really cool that collectively you and I have d- different experiences, but we've both been in the lash industry for a bit. I mean, you way longer than me. I mean, <laughs> kind of makes you like an old lady in in terms of like
1: <laughs> not not literally old, but like no literally. Like I'm so old school and I'm working so hard on like not being old school because there's so much new, good things in the industry now. But I feel like me and Kayla both have like we're we're probably like complete opposites honestly, in a lot of like, ways in yeah. every aspect <laughs> in the lash industry, in just like in life in general, just in all the things. But I think that's what makes us the best match mm-hmm. agreed
0: it's so
1: awesome it is like
0: the most unlikely duo that I've probably (laughs) ever seen Uh, but the fact that we get to work together and we work together so well you and I come together from like completely different places and we can converge on something that we're really passionate about and that's lashes Carly and I have different backgrounds like we have different approaches towards lashes and you know, you're in Las Vegas, but I grew up in Oklahoma. So, like, just couldn't be any more opposite. Also, we, like, I have blue hair and never wear color, but you are like the most colorful person <laughs> ever. And you have blonde hair, blue eyes. Like, we just have these two different aesthetics. But, like I
1: said, we converge to a really good place. So, it's really funny, like, when you see us. But yeah, it's <laughs> really fun too. Like, because we're, I think, like, deep down, we have similar fruits and goals and you know we're good people and we want to help people and we i don't know it's awesome
0: but also i've
1: noticed that like you and i have like the same sense of humor oh that's what bonds us i think
0: <laughs> yes that we truly bond when we're around each other it is like nonstop laughing and having the most fun yeah, so this is like an inside look. You know, this first episode, I just want people to be able to see like who we are and how we interact and like how this all came together because I bet you there's people still like on your Instagram now that don't understand <laughs> at all. They don't know
1: what's going on.
0: Yeah, cuz I haven't I haven't formally introduced myself on there
1: yet, have I? Not I really. So. Yeah. You need to. <sighs> shame on me. I mean, I think there's probably tons of people who don't know anything about me either. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't, I mean, there's people that have been following me from the beginning that know all the things, but I think, you know, we don't go on there and talk about ourselves a lot. So.
0: Yeah. And, and that's something that businesses should implement more is, Being able to show the people behind the brand because it's more relatable that way. And it gives people, we don't attach to a business,
1: we attach to faces and people. This is another little side note. I have a friend that I will not mention their name, but I'm sure they'll be listening to this. The other day we were talking and they were giving me like some points that their friends were asking them about. They were like asking them about their Instagram and their business and what their view is on their friend's business. And I was like, well, what's your view on ours? Like when you, you know, what are you going to nitpick about our business or our Instagram? Um, They said, well, you know, if you go to your Instagram, it's not super obvious that you're a brand and that you are selling something, you know, And they were like, you know, you and Kayla, like you guys have funny videos and you're cute and you're on there. But like, you know, the point is like products. And I was just rolled my eyes because I was like, that's not like, that's what before me and Kayla, you know, got together that all my Instagram was, was products in your face. The goal was to not be that. So we're definitely reaching our goal, but I just thought it was so funny. (laughs) And I literally didn't say anything. I was just like, interesting. The
0: reason why you don't want products to be in your face all the time is because in our case, we're trying to build long lasting relationships with loyal clients or loyal clients. Jesus, me talking from a lash artist point of view, <laughs> for a loyal customer base. And these customers that we're reaching, they need to have value in everything that we post. If we're just posting a bunch of pictures of product or a bunch of videos of product, then it deters them from consuming our content. So I'm gonna give actual statistical data on this. So before I joined the team, you were just posting like a bunch of uh, photos and videos of like product, 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 back to back. And sometimes you would throw in things here and there, but it, it was just a lot of product heavy. Your engagement was always less than 6,000 impressions a month, 100% of the time. I went back and I looked at all of this data. So then after we get on and I start instructing you on what needs to be posted and what we need to focus on and how that we are going to reach more people, how we were going to be more relatable and all of these things, we started posting more reels. We started posting product and reels. We posted. Pictures, things that could be shared, just more of like what uh, I felt was going to be better long term. So in one month, we went from 6,000 people engaging with us to over 300,000 impressions in one month. That is the difference between when you are only focusing on product and you are actually able to engage with your audience and and spread the awareness of your brand because it's not just all about products. Sorry, that was like a tangent, but I feel like that's really really important for businesses and brands to remember is that if you start to feel like you're not reaching your audience, then you're taking it too seriously. And especially now with the direction that social media is taking, you will see big brands, huge brands People that sell sponges or people that, that sell, I don't know, an app. But they will go on there and make the most ridiculous, funny reels and they go viral. And then now they are a million dollar business. And so that is my advice is like, you cannot take it too that seriously that you go to somebody's page and be like, oh, all they're doing is trying to sell to me. Because there's like this rule of thumb... That I heard a long time ago, where it's like an 80 20 rule. You connect with your audience 80% of the time. And I came up with the five concepts of engagement. So there's basically five concepts that you can always revolve around that's going to engage with people. And then 20% of the time, sell to them, sell to those people because they already trust you. If they don't trust you or like you, then they don't care what you sell. So that's the end of my tangent. And that's why I feel like your Instagram has done so much better since we have come together and have changed the way that we're running it and having like a very specific strategy because everything that is posted on there has a
1: thoughtfulness to it.
0: There's never anything random that is posted that doesn't
1: serve a purpose. All the, the value that we put on our Instagram, like there's so much good stuff. I feel like there's a lot of people out there that don't even use our products that come to our page and learn things and repost our stuff like like maybe they don't, you know, use our products at the moment, but they value us and they respect us because of all those other things that we're putting out.
0: Exactly. And that is a really good point also to brands is that You are building a bigger picture with your presence online. So the trust that we're building and encompassing to like all these other people that might not even know who we are, but they're sharing our stuff, eventually your name and your brand and who you are becomes recognizable because of that stuff that they're sharing. There's an aspect of viral marketing and shareability that I do depend on because of this this specific thing and that is the more that people see your name and the more that they feel like that that artwork or that reel or whatever is valuable for them they will end up following you and they will end up trying your product eventually and that is better than relying on a random post of i don't know some lashes that what does that give to them It doesn't really give anything other than, oh, that's a nice pretty set of lashes, but you're also competing with hundreds and thousands of other people that are posting the exact same thing. So if you can stand out in this age of social media and being on top of it and what the trends are, then you are ahead of the game. If you are not on top of that, then you are falling behind. And I wish so badly that I could speak directly to some of these businesses out there that are struggling with their Instagram. And this is, this is relevant because this is why you hired me. This is why I'm here and why I'm a part of Lash Reality in the first place is because you trusted me. But what I wish I could speak to all these brand owners that are struggling so hard with their social media is that you need to hire somebody. And I don't care if, if it requires you to hire a young person but like being able to get somebody that a knows your industry front and back and b knows how to manipulate social media for your benefit if you if you have one of those things but not the other then your social media will lack and what i mean by that is it will lack in the sense of okay, great. You have somebody that works in the industry and create content for you, but maybe they're not going to make the right kind of content. Or you have somebody that's creating content for you, but they don't know your industry. So is it, is it really going to be valuable for you? Like for your business? So you don't want to be throwing away money on people that aren't going to have everything in mind. But yeah, that's why I'm here. That would be a really good segue for us to talk about like our backgrounds, if you want to do that, because I'm sure people are very curious, like, (laughs) you know, what we're all about and kind of where we came from. So do you want to start, Carly?
1: Back in high school, I remember this girl telling me that she was going to go to school to learn how to do Botox and how to work in a spa and all this stuff. And I was like, what? That's that's a thing? I feel like it was not very... Estheticians weren't very um, known back when I was in high school. And ever since I remember the girl, ever since she said that, I was like, I want to do that, whatever that is I want to do. And I was always like obsessed with facials and body treatments. Like I just, it was my jam. So, uh, after high school, I went to esthetician school. The school that I was at was holding their very first eyelash extension class. Like the first one that they, you know, it was like brand, brand new. And so I was able to take the first class that they taught and I learned how to do lashes. And I was like, F this, this sucks never did it again. So like a year later, I finished school, moved back to Las Vegas and I went searching for a job. Um, I just went all around Las Vegas, any spas, any, 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 I was willing to take whatever job I could get. I walked into this med spa. Um, I got a tour of the place and I met this lady who was doing eyelash extensions. And I was like, I don't know what that is really, but like, I want it. So I made an appointment with her. I couldn't get in for a few weeks. So then a few weeks later, I went to my appointment and we started talking and she was like, would you like want to work for me? I have so many clients. I have so much overflow. I need a little bit of help. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I'll don't. do anything, like whatever. So she kind of hired me like on the spot and we took like two months of Her training me, I did lashes every single day just for practice, literally for two months. And then she started just giving me her clients. Uh, I was basically handed a full clientele. Within a few months of starting, I was booked six days a week, all day long. So that led me to get burned out very, very fast. My body is still broken. This was like 14 years ago, I think. I worked so much. I made so much money really into working all the time. But at the same time, it was like getting really hard on me. So I ended up quitting one day. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I just got up and quit. And a ton of my clients from that place found me and ended up going to rent a, a room by myself and you know, continue to do lashes. And then I had my daughter, I cut down on lashes. I only took like a handful of clients for like a couple years. One day I was doing a client. My volume was just taking so long. It was taking me two to three hours for a fill. And I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to take volume off my menu. Literally. I was like, I'm done. And I got this thought and I Googled pre-made fans. I'd never seen one, never heard of one. I just was like, what if they made a fan that was already made and whatever. I found this company Lost Artistry and I was like, oh my gosh, these are like a thing. Like they actually, what? I ordered them. I was obsessed with them. And I was like, I will never not lash without, you know, I'll always use these. But there was only one company that carried them. So I was like, dude, this is my calling. Like, I need to find these lashes. I need to sell them. I need to teach estheticians and lash artists that there is an easier way and you don't have to quit. And I kind of just started, you know, trying to figure out how I could even make that possible. And I still don't really know how I did. I just didn't give up. And started slinging pre-maids and we're about three and a half years in and I never looked back. I feel like I love being on this side of the industry. Although I am thinking about, you know, taking clients again, because I feel like I'm starting to lose my touch and lose my connection with lash artists because I'm not lashing anymore.
0: I always love hearing Um, your story because it is an ode to not giving up or what, what are, what are you passionate for? And really chasing that because it has built you the empire that you have now. So what year was it that you started lashing?
1: 2009 was when I took my first class. I think by 2010, I was like officially like taking clients and getting after it.
0: Yeah, so that's basically 13 almost 14 years ago when you started.
1: Mhm. <laughs> Which is really scary and makes me feel like such an old hag. No, no, I didn't mean that like in the <laughs> No, it's <clears throat> I mean I used to use that as like my I have 14 years of experience and now I, I like, I used to like love like putting out that number and being like, I've been around here for so long, but now I'm like, uh, 14 years.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a double edged sword when you talk about how much experience you have in a certain, you know, ser- service or industry because it could mean either you're really good at that or you you're not up to date on the modern stuff but I, but I will say Carly is very up to date. She's not one of those people (laughs) you're like smiling at me. She's not one of those people that just kind of like left all the modern stuff to the wayside. And you're always open to learning, which I think is the thing that sets people apart is like, you have to be open to changing, you know, even if it's just subtle changes,
1: You know, the lady that I worked for starting out, she was very old school. She'd been lashing for a few years before she hired me. And when, you know, lashes started coming on the strip and not in the pods, she could not like, she was like, she did not want that change. I mean, eventually, of course she had to, but she was that kind of, I learned that very um, early on because I was, I was young. I was like 19 and I was like. Uh, this is not the business. Like you gotta get these new lashes and keep so I feel like that's a huge one. You have to like be open to all the new technology and products.
0: Yeah, because I, I remember myself whenever uh I was learning new techniques and stuff, and I would get so frustrated and just pissed off and I wanted nothing to do with it. But I even glue dipping, because at one time you know, glue dipping, you had to have the three dollops on the classic lash, spread it out. Some people still, still do that. But then I, I was watching a online webinar from this lady in Dallas. She still teaches. And she was talking about how you need to have an even amount of glue all the way across a classic lash so that it attaches evenly on the natural. And I was like, mind blown, completely mind blown. So I, start, I started to attempt to change the way that I was picking up glue. And it was so frustrating. But after I started doing the new technique, you know, after a while, it was like, oh, this is just completely natural. Like, this is fine. It's that way with anything that you learn. Carly, you are sincerely someone that like impresses me with that because you have been lashing for so long. What's even cooler is you're right now coming out with like new and innovative stuff that other people are like poo-poo on. And they don't want any part of. Like, you are the innovator now, and there are just people lashing that don't want to be a part of it, and that's fine. But what they're going to find out in five to ten years from now is that it's going to be completely normal, and no one's going to question it at all, which I find so fascinating.
1: (laughs) Isn't that crazy? (laughs) Yeah, I get it. I get why people are so passionate about their older ways and things like that, but. I thought that comment someone made to me about, you know, your lash brand, you will have to sell premates. That's why, you know, you sell them and you push them. I'm like, someone doesn't that said that doesn't even know me and doesn't know my brand. And that's the only thing I started out with was premates. The reason why I created Lash reality was for premates. So that little comment still just like,
0: mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we we will <laughs> go into that in another episode, I'm sure
1: the products and the pre-mades and everything. Yeah. That's what my brand, that's why I started it. But the other thing was I wanted to be this pillar and this light for lash artists that didn't feel good enough, didn't feel accepted because all these other brands, not every single brand, but most brands, they can come off a little bit, you know, stuck up and you're not good enough. You need to take our training and you need to, and like, that's how I always felt. I felt irrelevant. And I felt just like I sucked at lashes. Like, so I just want like a safe space, you know, a safe, positive place for everybody. Which I think that you exude.
0: You definitely exude that.
1: (laughs) Thanks, man. Yeah.
0: So I'll I'll uh, quickly give everybody my backstory on how I got into lashes and then how we met, because I feel like that's like the best part of it
1: is how we met. You know what is weird? I don't know if I've ever heard your backstory. Really? Oh. Which is, uh, it makes me feel like a selfish biatch, no. but I'm really looking forward to this. I mean, I know like a lot about you, but like your lash actual story, let's freaking hear it.
0: I've always been an artist in every sense of the word. Like I love creating stuff. It doesn't matter what I get my hands on. I just create. So uh, when I was like five, I was like drawing like little books and stuff and like making little books out of like paper and stuff like that. And I loved writing and drawing and just painting. And once I found a new format of creating, I just went all in. So then we got our first computer when I was like, I think we, I think I was 10 or 11. And then I'm just all about the computer and and that type of thing. But when I was 13, I got my first digital camera and then I started taking photos and being obsessed with taking photos. I eventually went on to become a professional photographer from the age of 13. I started taking clients until I was 26 is when I kind of retired from it but I say retire but I literally had spent every waking moment of like all my free time like being a photographer. I started taking weddings I think when I was 15 or 16. I was doing engagements, families, births, like you name it, I was doing all of it. That eventually turned into a love for graphic design as well because when you're a photographer, you also tend to do well with all your own marketing because you already have all your own marketing material. You have an eye for color and design and composition and stuff like that. I kind of fell into graphic design. In addition with that, I started making my own websites. Like when I was a teenager, it just all came to me really naturally. When I was 16, I really wanted to drop out of school because I felt like I had enough work to just not need to go to school. And I felt like, going to school was deterring my ability to like take pictures and get out there and and work. I stuck through it. I graduated high school. I didn't, I did not want to keep going. I was a horrible student. I didn't, I didn't do a lick of homework ever because I just, you couldn't get me to. But later in life, uh, you know, after I graduate high school and so there was this tech college where I was from, which was a pretty small town, and I went to a graphic design course for a year and a half, and then I got, I got a little bit of you know background with that and printing and just all the graphic design things. I ended up moving to the big city when I was 22 years old, and up until that point, I had always struggled with like depression and all the mental health issues like you could ever imagine. I, I always struggled. With figuring out how do I monetize my art, because when you're working a nine to five as like a severely mentally ill person, it's so exhausting and difficult to work a nine to five. So I always knew I needed to work for myself. Whenever I got out of high school, I just was doing every random job I could to sustain myself. On while on the side, I was doing photography and stuff. But I moved to the big city at 22 and when I got there, I was like, well, why don't I start doing makeup for clients? I started offering makeup. I taught myself how to do it. And then I did it for about, I want to say three years. And that's when I was like, "Mm, I kind of don't want to do photography anymore. I need to like focus on something else that might be a little bit more stable. As I'm doing makeup, I'm like, okay, let me get a makeup job. Start working at Sephora. Worked there for a year and some change, and while I was working at Sephora, I decided to go to esthetician school because I was like, I want to be completely licensed so that nobody questions me. I want to just be able to go wherever I want to go and have my license. So while I was in esthetician school, I saw lash extensions there, but I had no desire to touch it. I thought that it was insane. I thought that like, why would you ever, (laughs) why would ever sit down and do this tedious stuff? Like it doesn't make sense, but you know, then again, the little bit that we were taught in class, it just wasn't enough to fully immerse you in like what it really is. And, you know, facials and waxing, all that stuff, it was interesting, but I didn't, I didn't think that I would want to. So as soon as I got out of esthetician school, I was like, well, I'm going to try to be a full-time makeup artist. Well, that didn't really work out (laughs) because When you live in a city that uh, there's not really a market for that, it is very hard to build up your clientele for something like that. If I was to live in a place like Las Vegas or maybe like Southern California, or I don't know, maybe even like a big city like Houston or something, I think it's a little bit easier to get into that and build clientele. But for me in Oklahoma City, there's just not enough people here getting married every weekend in my opinion. So I, I have friends now, like I have a lot of really good friends that are makeup artists because I did that for so long that I, I've got a couple of them that work full-time doing makeup, but it took them 10 years to build up their clientele. So really quickly, as soon as I was, you know, fully licensed, I was doing makeup. I was like, "Mm, I need to be doing other things too. I eventually, I think I asked on Facebook at one point, I was like, Hey guys, like if I ordered lash extension kit, like would anybody be interested in like getting their lash? Kit? And I had like 10 people comment. I was like, all right, well, I'm ordering it. I ordered a bunch of stuff on Amazon. I ordered a bed. I ordered all the basics. And in order to practice, I was still working at a call center because I had done a couple different jobs after I stopped working at Sephora because they, the reason why I stopped working there is because they started me off at like 35 hours a week, but then they ended me towards that after like a year, they were giving me less and less hours. And I got down to about like 10 hours a week. And my paychecks were literally like $150 or something or $200. So I was like, "Mm, I can't really do this to sustain myself or like live. So I started working at different jobs and I worked at a call center. I worked at a clothing store. I just did all kinds of stuff. I decided I wanted to rent a room so that I could just do whatever I wanted and, you know, offer makeup or do a little bit of waxing or whatever it was. But at the point that I ordered a bunch of lash supplies, I made sure I got that room secured. I was paying $100 a week, which was so cheap in this little hole in the wall salon. That's what I call it. Because it was located located in South Oklahoma City on the side of the road, just kind of tucked in somewhere that nobody even noticed it. But it, it was like so run down, like it was ridiculous. I worked there for two years. So I did that, but I also started traveling to my old town that I used to live in because I knew so many people there. I started working half the week in Enid at the old place and then the other half of the week in Oklahoma City. And I built a full clientele within six months, just doing that. What ended up happening was that time period with me traveling back and forth. I think I did that for, it was two years because I started in 2018. So if I haven't already said it already, I started lashing the very end of 2017 and started renting that room like January, 2018. So taking clients and stuff. I traveled back and forth until the middle of 2020. So I did it for two and a half years. I did not take my first training until I was three years into my lashing career.
1: So those first three years, did you just teach yourself? hmm Wow.
0: Yeah. And I do not recommend people doing that. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Because it is the (laughs) hardest thing I have ever learned how to do.
1: It's hard enough when you do take the freaking training and imagine not having the training. Jeez.
0: Exactly. So the only reason that I felt comfortable doing it or attempting to do it was because I was a self-taught vocalist early on, on top of everything else that I did. Like I was a musician And so in school, you know, I played multiple instruments and I, and if for anybody curious, I did tenor and berry sax and flute. And I started to learn the horn, French horn, some people call it. But so I started to, you know, do all these instruments and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is the hardest thing, you know, that you can learn. No, it's not. (laughs) Especially when you're a musical person. I taught myself photography and I taught myself graphic design and I taught myself like all these little things. And when I got to the point of lash extensions. I was like, Oh no, I can do this. This is not the hardest thing I've done. No, it ended up being the hardest thing that I have ever done in my life. It was insane. Like I literally would cry and I know a lot of people out there can like understand, but when I'm sitting there, I, I would watch YouTube videos. I would try to find anything and everything that was available online. And I would practice, 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 I would be crying. I'd be frustrated. This is before I got on medication. So like my emotions were all over the place. I would get so pissed. After a year of lashing, I was like, oh, I'm decent. Two years of lashing, I was like, "Mm, I'm pretty good, I guess. And then at, at three years, I felt very solid in my work because of all the experience that I had. And I felt like I could teach anybody anything, honestly. But before I did that, before I taught anybody, I did take an online class uh, through Borboletta, which I was actually gifted from the owner. She gifted it to me along with like a bunch of other people. There was like this kind of giveaway thing that she was selecting people. I don't know if she had selected like five or six people, but she wanted us to write in why we would like to take the class. And then eventually she selected people. So I was one of those people. I went ahead and took the combination class just to make sure that I was doing everything right. Because at that point in time, three years in, I was doing classic and volume. I had taught myself volume. I told you guys that I started lashing the end of 2017. So that was like with classic. And I actually started teaching myself the following March uh, with volume. It was horrendous. You don't want to see the old pictures. Maybe eventually I'll share them. But I think I think I've shared them on my Vodlashes account. But anyways. Yeah, I took the combo class just to make sure I was doing everything right. And I will be honest with you, I'm so sorry to like anybody listening that's like a Borboletta lover. But I didn't learn anything in the class. <laughs> but that's not to say that the class was bad. It was just that like, for me being experienced three years in, I already knew everything that that class could teach me. It was a beginner's class, which it, I feel like in terms of beginner stuff, oh, it's a great class. But for me, it was like, I felt like I wasted my time. At that point in time, three years in, I, it made me want to start looking at more advanced classes because anytime I dip my hands into things, I tend to just, I'm very competitive. Most of the time, it's me being competitive with myself. I think a lot of people that have the background in in traditional like art or music, you have that understanding of like, in order for me to create a better masterpiece or a better work of art, I have to know the ins and outs of everything about this. And I have to work on the quality Of my sound or the quality of my fingerings, like on an instrument or whatever it is, you have to be the best that you possibly can be with that art form. The thing that drove me was not that I wanted to be the best in the area and I wanted to have a full clientele and blah, blah, blah. No, I already knew that no matter what, I'm going to have a full clientele. Now I just want to make sure that my art reflects my moral compass. I want to make sure that I'm taking care of the client that what I'm putting on them is appropriate, and that it is the best art that can possibly be created. So at that point in time, I started looking into other people that, or I should say other brands that had advanced classes. So of course, I was always so mystified by Russian volume. I always based my my lashes on that, like looking up Russian artists, following Russian artists, Just trying to look at anything and everything that Instagram could provide for me, which at the time, there was a lot of stuff being shared on Instagram. It wasn't so much American companies doing it or like American lash artists, but it was a lot of Russian lash artists that had a lot of free education. So I was looking at those people. I eventually landed on taking a lash makers course and I wanted to take the course by revelation. That was in my head. I wanted to take those classes, and within a year, I took both of those classes, and I took out loans for them. So don't get it twisted. I'm not rich. To do like Klarna or a firm or whatever it was that they offered. But I traveled. I took the classes. I went to Miami for the Lashmakers one. I went to and then I traveled to Laguna Hills, California, for the Revelation one. Both of those classes gave me again. I went through the same thing. Was that. When I, and this is not to say that the classes are bad. It's just at that point in time, I already was doing a lot of the fundamentals of Russian design or Russian lashes. So when I took the classes, it wasn't fulfilling for me in that way, but what it did give me and what it provided was the confidence. I walked away from those classes being like, okay, I'm ready to teach. I'm ready to actually start doing it because now I know how these other classes are being conducted. I know what's in their manual or lack thereof because not every class that you go to provides a manual and I didn't know that. Some people are better teachers than others and I'm not saying these guys are bad teachers at all. Like, It's just, I have a very particular sense of what I would do in those in, in those situations, like how I would teach. Those classes were absolutely necessary for me. I, I loved that I took them. Before I even went to those classes, I had started on my classic and volume manual. The, the main thing for me was a Russian volume manual. After I took the classes, it was like, all right, well, I don't have to change anything. I might add like a couple things that I feel need to be talked about just to make sure we're covering everything. But yeah, it, it gave me huge confidence to train. I started taking students right away after I got back from uh, w- one of the classes, actually. I started training. I love teaching so much. I love communicating. I love pre- presenting. I think that everything in life is an art. I think talking is an art. Walking is an art. The organization of information is an art form. Feeding and consuming that information is art. Like, not, not only like your traditional sense of art, like painting and stuff, but like everything is an art form. I think that that speaks to like how my brain is and how I, you know, just how I view things in life. Just being able to take everything that's been thrown at me throughout my life, all of the things that I've done, they all culminated to the place of lash extensions. When I started doing lashes, I was able to use all of my background in photography, graphic design, web design, writing. Everything had its place in doing lashes. So I, I started my business right away whenever I started Lash Extensions. So for me, it was easy to kind of slide into that transition and just start doing that because I have already had a business of photography, makeup artistry, I've already done all that. For me, it was just, let's start this new venture. And I will say, I'm trying to think of like where my headspace was, like when I, that first couple years, like in Lash Extensions and you realize like just how much you love it that like i was so overwhelmed with the joy and the contentment of just my life changed so drastically because you know like going from making $200 every 2 weeks to then making like $4000 a month as a lash artist I not only had found stability for myself but I found a, a happiness I've never experienced before and I realized in doing that you know when a mentally ill person goes through stages of lack of of stability whether that's you know money or a home or things like that that can be really triggering and make it worse so when I did find stability and I got my my own apartment and stuff it was just so exciting it made my life a hundred times better. So lash extensions really did truly like change my life. What I forgot to mention through all of this was that I, like you, I, I, I had this desire from the beginning to start selling products. It was always in the back of my mind And around 2020 is where I brought out like my first product, which was like these tweezer cases. And then I started doing acrylic organization. I did tweezers eventually. And I had a whole brand and selling products, fulfillment, my entire, my dining room and my kitchen were just completely full of shelves and stuff. And, you know, where all my stuff was, I brought in a big table. I bought all the things to fulfill. And so I was doing two things at once. I think you did that for a while too, where you were like taking clients full time. And then you also were trying to like sell stuff.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Cause you can't really go into products being like, okay, this is going to be, that's going to replace my income because that's not how it works. Like you have to, it's a very slow Mm -hmm. process.
0: Yeah. So I was hoping that i could build you know a big brand and eventually have a warehouse and stuff which i have a whole other story about like getting a salon and getting the warehouse and and where that was for me because i did do that but i got to a place and and this is kind of where you come in too like how we kind of collided About the point in time, I think it was probably a year ago, I was still lashing. So it's March 2023 now, as we're speaking. About a year ago, I started having these thoughts of, you know, I have my salon in my warehouse, I'm selling products, I'm taking clients, but I was waning on my desire to lash. And, you know, selling product wasn't as fulfilling anymore for me because. It is so hard financially to have a huge salon that you're paying for. You're breaking even or or not even breaking even. And then somehow you have to bring in, replenish your products. And on top of all that, it's like you're doing all of your own social media. You're doing all of your own videos and content and graphic design. And just, it is a 24-7 job. I do not recommend this for everybody. If you are not willing to work every waking moment of your life, you cannot, you cannot do that. Uh, that's what I did. I, every time I woke up, I immediately was on my computer having to deal with stuff or doing fulfillment, taking clients like, yeah, I did experience burnout, but it allowed me to reach deep inside my soul and ask, is this making you happy? And for a while, it did. It did make me happy. And I didn't care how much I worked. That's why I did it for so long. But when you really look at what fulfills you in the sense of like, if I could do it every day until the day I die, is this what I want to do? Lashing was not that. It was not that thing. I loved it. I was passionate about it. I couldn't do it every day until I died and just be satisfied. I looked at what I was focused on every day which ended up being the digital portion of what I was doing. The last time that I was actually able to do digital stuff was when I did photography and graphic design. I asked myself, okay, do you enjoy selling products or do you just enjoy the social media part and then like your graphics and stuff? And for me, it was that. It was the graphics and and the design. And I told myself at the beginning of last year, that I wanted to work towards doing that. I had watched a few colleagues of mine that were lash artists and they eventually turned their lash specific niche knowledge into being graphic designers for either lash brands or just being web designers or whatever the case like I I had people in my life that were doing it that you know they used to be a master lash artist but then they turned into just graphic designers. What really changed it for me was I was teaching this photography class to a lady that drove down from Kansas City to learn from me. And she was a lash brand and a lash artist, and she wanted to know how to do photography for her business. So she drove down. I taught her for two days, and she sat there and said to me, Kayla, if tomorrow you started offering social media management or graphic design for people like me, I would hire you in a heartbeat. And when she said that, it was like something clicked in my head. I remember staring at her for a moment, processing what that meant. Because to me, that was something larger than I had ever imagined. It was giving me permission to be like, yes, you can pursue this you can work for yourself, do graphic design, and not have to lash necessarily. From then on, I made it my mission to figure out a way to do it. I remember it was probably leading up to the summer, May or June or something. We were about to go on our vacation in July. And it was around that time where I was starting to look at different businesses that would potentially need something like what I offer, which could be just making little designs and stuff or websites. So I was reaching out to people and this is actually going to the story of how Carly and I ended up working together because Carly and I had been talking since I think 2020. I remember where I lived at the time when we started talking and I remember like staying up late and talking to you and we were kind of just bonding over. We were bonding specifically over branding and you had complimented my page and then we just started going back and forth, back and forth, like all night long. I think it was until like 1 a.m. From that moment, I was like, okay, I know this girl. She's super chill, super nice. I felt like I could talk to you about anything back then. So we talked on and off since 2020. That time period for me in that 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 summer where I was about to move into graphic design, I had messaged you because I had remembered that you were potentially wanting your website redone. But I just was like, okay, I have to solicit myself. I've never done this before, but I messaged people. I messaged you and a couple other people. And I said, hey, do you want your website redone? I remember it. Carly was so scared to take the plunge. What was going through your head when I had... Well, you can you can give your side of the story if you want, like the whole time, you know, from when we started talking or whatever you want to do. Well, I was going to say...
1: Back in 2020, you know, when we first started talking and I complimented you on your branding and then you started coming out with all these products and I hadn't even tried one of your products, but just from your page and your branding, I knew that your products were top notch, best you can get. Like I just knew it. And still to this day, like I would still say that, like there's just something, I don't know, you're really, you're really just... Amazing at everything. So I had a graphic designer my whole time since I started Lash Reality. She was always with me up until I hired Kayla. And she was great. And I was obsessed with her. I loved her. I loved her eye and everything. Um, but she wasn't a lash artist. She didn't know squat about eyelash the eyelash industry. So that was always kind of hard. But I remember when you messaged me, I was scared, but I was kind of like, uh yeah like this girl wants oh this uh, yes so then <laughs> you know I was I, I was scared for what like a month because I just wasn't sure that I could like hand off anything to anybody else mm-hmm. you know when you have a business that you've put everything into it's your baby you don't think that anybody will be able to do it as good as you can or be as passionate, you know? So that's the part that was scary for me, I felt like. But then once I let you in and I started doing these things, I was just, I knew I had to hold on to you as tight as I possibly could. I was like, I was a pretty broke bitch back then too. I mean, that was only like, that <laughs> wasn't that long ago, I'm still a broke bitch. But I knew I couldn't afford you, but I knew I had to jump on you. And I was like, I'm going to figure out, how to afford her and because this girl, I, I mean, we have quite the love story. We confess our love uh, probably twice a week, at least. At least. <laughs> at least. <laughs> but it was it's funny because I remember your message. It was like, hey, like I... You know, I remember you mentioned you maybe wanted your website redone and, but no pressure or anything. Like you kept saying like stuff like that. Like you were like, seemed very nervous.
0: Oh yeah, I was.
1: (laughs) And I feel like you were really shocked for some reason when I was like, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, at that point in time, I was just like thinking and assuming that nobody would hire me. What experience do I have? Like, why would these people trust me? And with something as big and important as a website, which I knew I could, I had the confidence in myself, but I didn't know that other people would trust me to do it. So me messaging was just like, oh, I really hope this works, but who knows? (laughs) So I I mean, (laughs) I think when I messaged you, I felt like I almost had to talk you into it i cuz that you at times were so nervous and you kind of were just like i th- i think i want to do it but like yeah i mean i just don't know and i'm like fuck like am i going to be able to make this money and like get this client and you know i i want to work with her so bad cuz i feel like we would we would do well together and i know that i could execute your vision but it was like it was just that that tough part of
1: going over the line like let's get her past this but you stood your ground and were confident and I think I could feel that like I was like she's confident like she knows she can do it so yeah like if you weren't confident then I'd be like never mind no 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 I'm good (laughs)
0: I mean, it's weird. It's a weird thing. But I mean, it took us, I want to say, five or six weeks, we put together the website, it was super one on one. And I didn't want to give you some crap and then walk away. I I knew in my heart that I had to do like the best I possibly could for your brand, because I wanted your brand to sing. The old website, I didn't feel like had any kind of personality. And your brand is like total personality. Like that's what people see when they go to your brand. I needed that to be conveyed on your website. At that time, I thought like, oh, I'm just going to be a freelancer. I'm going to take clients here and there, like different website clients and stuff. But what ended up happening is long story short, like Carly ended up hiring me to do everything that she was already paying a bunch of
1: other people to do. Yeah, I was paying like multiple people to do all these random things. Kayla took on everything. Best decision.
0: Oh, still now I am just completely. And this is the stuff that I tell Carly in private all the time is like, I wake up every single day grateful and so overwhelmed with the fact that like, I get to do this every day. The fact that she trusts me. What I am for Lash Reality is I'm the creative director. I do your emails. I do social media stuff. Most of the time I'll, you know, manage messages or I'll, Reply back to people sometime. I'll manage comments, do anything graphic design oriented. You know, if it's like editing your training manual, why are you laughing?
1: <laughs> you literally do everything. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, I have, we have Maureen, she packs the orders, and then I am in charge of doing the orders. And I mean, like the actual inventory and stuff like that. But like, other than that, like you do all the front work, like the website, you you made our training manual, um, pa- everything. You literally do everything. You probably want to kill me.
0: No, no, that's the thing is like, I think, I think you always get so scared to like present me new th- projects or stuff like that, but I am always so excited to do it. I know, like I was trying to say, is like, I've never been more happy to do anything in my life because I wake up every day and I have endless things just I can put myself into creatively. And what's cool about us and our relationship is that you don't give me a lot of hard timelines or hard deadlines. You're just like, hey, if you want to make something, go make it. If you think that we should do this, go do it. And that is how much trust that she has in me now. It is insane. (laughs) But
1: (laughs) Well, I keep remembering a few months ago when you said, you were like, I was actually pretty shocked about how quickly like you would just let me in and trust me. And I was kind of like, you're right. Like, that's kind of scary. But like, (laughs) when you know, you know, you know. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I think if we were This is a whole other thing, but like if we were just a random couple, we would probably have gotten married like in a month.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We would be we'd probably be have kids on the way already.
0: That's how fast (laughs) things like went for us was I feel like one day it was us talking about things that we could do together and what I could do for you. And then the next day you were like, all right you're an admin on my Shopify and now you, you can see literally everything. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, okay. Now I get to see every analytic and every sale and every customer and every thing that has happened since the start of your business. (laughs) Mm, And no, I, I am just, I, I think that this is like my dream job. I tell Everybody in my life, this anytime they ask me like, what do you do for work? And I'm like, well, it's my dream job. So (laughs) that's just, I I don't know how to explain it other than, you know, I'm the creative director for the brands and me and Carly came together as, I mean, we're almost business partners, but not technically because we feed off of each other a lot for the business of, you know, different ideas or structures, protocols, standards of practice areas of my expertise, I bring into it. And then Carly has her own expertise, which she all the time is like doubting herself. And I'm like, Carly, (laughs) you're so good at everything that you put your hands into. It's just, you know, finding that special thing that you can bring to a business is the hard part. But Carly, you have that. Like she always is bringing up good ideas for how we can do things or you know naming things creative like just there's there's so much that you do i think you are such like the perfect person for this type of business you know oh yeah
1: i know, love I like you to-
0: <laughs> <laughs> i love you too but i i just want to say like i have never been more happy in my entire life to have like met you a but B, for you have to given me this gift. That to me, I wake up with a gift every day. There's always something to work on with you. And every time we talk, I get excited all over again. Lash Reality is like the perfect vehicle for me to utilize my skills, but also like in working with somebody like you, that you are such a fun person anyway. Like you... I couldn't ask for a better boss, you know?
1: (laughs) Aww. I couldn't ask for a better freaking you, man. Aww. Like, the amount of stress that you've taken off of me is, like, the best gift someone could ever give me, too. So, we just freaking work. Like I told you, uh, I ain't doing this without you. So, (laughs) if you're out, I'm out. (laughs) So, you guys all better be nice to Kayla, okay?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, just kidding. But now that we've come together as this duo, I think that people can already start to see how things are being shaped, like in the business and with the new structures that are put in place and with us together. I mean, the possibilities are endless for the things that we can create together. Carly and I have this plan of eventually doing a lot more education-heavy content, education in general, becoming a sort of powerhouse for the subject, online classes, and just anything. Building Lash Reality from the platform that you built from your bare hands, like this is yours. Having a podcast was one of those things that we can utilize as a tool to, you know, directly talk to you guys, talk with you guys. I think people are going to love to hear our conversations because we have a lot
1: of good conversations. (laughs) (laughs) Like really good.
0: Yeah. And I'm excited for the future of Lash Reality, the future of everything that we get to create. And, you know, if you're listening and you're wondering like, TikTok, where's the next uh, product, Carly? Um, (laughs) We've got stuff on the way. We have some really cool things coming up for you guys. And we truly hope that, you know, you guys enjoy this and all of our banter back and forth because we're just being silly and recording it. So yep,
1: (laughs) nothing too, too serious around here. Just, we're serious. We're serious enough. Yeah. No, we'll we'll always give it to you straight. Um, <laughs> but there
0: might be some giggles in there. I want to thank you guys for listening to our stories and how we came together. And if you listen to this podcast, you need to message us on the Lash Reality Instagram. Let us know. And you can even screenshot like your Spotify and stuff and tag us because we want to see who's listening. we love to interact with you guys. Like it, that's probably my favorite part of this whole job is meeting people, networking with other artists.
1: I've met some of the most amazing people with this job. I'm just excited to be able to talk about, you know whatever we want to talk about and not having to rehearse it and and make a video and make sure that it doesn't sound dumb and like I just I don't know this open conversation I I'm really into it and I'm just really excited.
0: Yeah, this is a great open platform for us to talk and not be inhibited by any limitations honestly. It's just a fun way to get closer to you guys like that are listening.
1: Yeah, like I kind of want to have like a, a section in my little planner notebook and just like jot things down throughout the week that I want to bring up and like talk about because there's always so much going on. But if I don't write it down, I'll probably forget. So I'm going to make a <laughs> podcast note.
0: <laughs> well, it's so true though. Like with our industry, things change so fast and there's so much happening, so much discourse and conversation happening all the time. Yeah. We have some things That we need to talk about on here. So with that said, if you guys have any requests of any topics that you want to hear from us, remember both of us have, as I've already talked about, we come from two totally different backgrounds, two different spaces, different eras of lash extensions. So between the both of us and all of our collected education and experience, you guys could ask us literally anything. We're an open book. We're not going to gatekeep anything from you. We want to give you everything it is that you need to be successful. And if that means us coming on here and talking it all out so that you can understand what it's going to take to be successful in your artistry or in your business we want to help you. I know I speak for Carly as well, but we appreciate you guys so much. We want you to know that like, we couldn't be here without you. You give us so much purpose in our lives. You've provided us the opportunity to do this, to sell products or to just create. And that alone is such a huge blessing for all of us. So yeah, that ends our first ever podcast. Thank you again so much for listening. Be sure to follow us and or tag us if you are listening. Thanks again. And we will see you in the next
1: episode.